You are now tuning in to the Bodybuilding Lifestyle Podcast, the number one source for unfiltered truth in bodybuilding with your host, Elon Muscular. This podcast is sponsored by Market Rex, web design and marketing automation for online coaches. If you're an online coach that is operating out of your Instagram DMs, a Google form on your link tree, or worse, a Gmail link in your bio, you're leaving a ton of money on the table. Maybe you have a website, but it kind of sucks and it's not integrated into a greater marketing strategy. Think about all the clients who would be interested in working with you, but haven't quite crossed the line of contacting you because you have not made the process smooth enough for them. At MarketRex, we create high converting websites, landing pages, lead magnets, and email marketing flows to help online coaches get more clients on autopilot so that you can focus on serving your clients and doing what you love. Head over to marketrex.co to book a free consultation call to learn more about how we can help scale your coaching business. What is up guys and welcome to episode 22 of the Bodybuilding Lifestyle Podcast. I'm here with my close personal friend, Brendan Morgan. Brendan is a life coach and he's been having awesome transformations with a lot of the guys that he's been coaching and, and ladies too. And I, you know, I've always been skeptical of life coaches. You, you see people marketing online, you know, you get hit with an ad or something, or everyone knows about Tony Robbins and different life coaches like that. And you start to think like, you know, what are these people really contributing? Like, why can somebody help you teach you how to live your life? Like, who are you to tell me how to live? You know, that's kind of how I've always looked at it. But, you know, I know Brendan on a personal level. And when he got into life coaching, he started to explain to me a little bit more about, you know, the transformations that he's been having and what he's been actually doing and his message behind the life coaching. And I really like what Brendan does because it's not that your typical life coaching where it's like woo woo, like law of attraction stuff, teaching you how to, you know, live a better life by, you know, attracting abundance. He actually helps people with practical steps. And that's what I want to, you know, get out of Brendan today and help you guys understand how you can improve your lives with actual real actionable knowledge, just like I, you know, get from the bodybuilding people and the, um, business coaches that I have on here. So welcome to the Bodybuilding Lifestyle Podcast, Brendan. Thanks, Elon. It's so good to be here, man. Uh, I love the podcast. So much value in every single episode. So uh, I hope that I can contribute what I have to offer as well. Awesome. So I guess let's just jump right into it. You know, um, let's say that I sign up for your life coaching. Well, first of all, let's take a step back. How did you get into life coaching? And like, what made you decide that you wanted to you know, help people improve their lives in that way? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so the journey I would say started back when I was 21 uh, through yoga. I did my yoga teacher training and that was kind of my first foray into personal development. It was a framework which I was using to uh, become a better person effectively. And Obviously there's like a really physical practice to it. It was a great way for me to connect with my physical body. Um, and the philosophy behind it, uh, I found was really helpful for attaining peace in my life. So I began sharing that with people, right? Um, and then at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I started hosting an online support group 
for free because I knew that everybody was feeling really isolated. Uh, I wanted to give people an opportunity for human connection. I know how important that is when people are locked up in their house with like their significant other, their roommate, their family, like shit can get really heavy. And like, you just hear like the echoes of your own voice in your head constantly. So I just wanted to give people a forum to like literally talk about whatever was going on in their life. Um, and it was really impactful. Some people like were just coming to me saying like how grateful they were for this experience and like, same thing, how they just like, they haven't seen anybody in months and whatever. Um, and that is what ended up yielding my first clients. Um, so, you know, like this life coaching practice is basically a culmination of everything that I've been doing for my entire life. Um, and most recently, professionally, I was working in uh, project management for a creative agency in New York. And the agency tanked at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, they folded. We're, you know, a, a live events-based agency. Um, and that came at a really serendipitous time because, you know, I've been looking at the work that I was doing and uh, these skills that I was using to help these like, you know, big corporate conglomerates uh, sell shit that I didn't care about at all. And I was looking at like where I was funneling my efforts. And I said, well, I can just take this pretty much same exact framework, these project management tools and skill sets and apply them to people and help them to improve their lives and execute on their goals. So that's pretty much how I got into it. Um, and it's just taken off from there. You know, uh, I went from just like working on a strictly referral basis um, to launching the business online and things have really taken off. So let's say that what, what kind of person comes to you needing life coaching and how do you actually go about helping them? Like, what do you actually help people with? So my clients right now are super diverse and I would say what, um, what people come to me for generally is they are seeking fulfillment and peace. There are plenty of life coaches out there who are going to tell you like about how to get rich, like whatever, you know, how to find love, how to do this, how to do that, who are like super niche um, in whatever their field is. Um, I am a holistic and integrated coach where like we address all different areas of life. So effectively, I have an intake form. When you sign up for life coaching, we do a 30 minute uh, consultation call. And before we do that call, I have everybody fill out this form and basically it goes through the eight disciplines of personal development, body, mind, environment, social life, career, money, uh, love, and spirituality. And basically you do, it's a self-assessment. You go through it, you tell me how you're doing in each one of those areas, tell me what you're hoping to get out of coaching. And, you know, everybody's coming to me with like different symptoms, I would say. Um, but the fundamentals remain the same. So if, if these people are coming to me because they are not feeling fulfilled, right? They're not uh, feeling like they're successful. They're not tapped into their potential, like whatever it is, they want more out of life, right? Uh, there's, you know, a few key things that are so, so simple. Um, and that's what I tell them up front. I'm like, hey, listen, like I'm not gonna wave a magic wand and like make your problems go away. That's like not what I'm here to do. Um, I'm going to offer you the tools and I'm going to offer you the structure in order to start executing on your goals. And I will do it with you. I'm fully here to support you. 
Um, but it's really just about fundamentals and baby steps. So for instance, some of those things, right? Um, what we get started with immediately, like I said, the first thing on those eight disciplines is body, physical health. What does your diet look like? What does your sleep look like? Your exercise, are you drinking enough water? Like four really simple things that like, damn, like everybody knows it, right? It's first grade, like super simple. And it's like, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a personal trainer. Um, I'm, you know, familiar with all this stuff. I've done my research, like, you know, I'm a yoga instructor. So like through that framework, I delved into physical health and whatnot. Um, but people just aren't taking care of themselves, you know, and, 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 a, and a, the root of so many problems, mental problems or relationship problems or whatever it may be often stem from neglecting the physical body. Um, so that's always where we start. Okay. And then where do you move on from there? So how do you, how would you like, I'm, you know, I do bodybuilding coaching, right? So if you come to me, I'm going to tell you, okay, this is strictly what we have to do. These workouts, these diets, you have to follow this to a T and check in with me. And I will, I will make sure that you're getting your progress on a straight path to your goal. And everything is very, you know, goal structured. Everything is very, you know, uh, like scientific, mathematical, right? So how do you make sure that somebody is taking care of their body without, you know, like, do you provide people with a certain structure or do you just let them do it themselves kind of thing and just make sure that they are doing something or like, how, how does that look? Yeah, for sure. No, nothing is like do it yourself and like make sure you're doing it right. It's, it's all super structured. So like the first um, uh, thing that you like walk away from uh, after our first session. So once you've done your consultation, you say, okay, I'm down for coaching. Then we do like a deep dive in our first one hour session, um, which will include putting together a daily routine. So basically I have people coming to me before that session, you have to prep, like you have to tell me like what your day usually looks like right now. Um, you have to send it to me. I use Google Classroom and like the whole Google Sheets to, you know, track all these assignments and whatnot. Um, and I have my clients send me what their day currently looks like. And then we will work on restructuring that to optimize it for the goals that they have set out. So usually this, and, and again, in this, uh, the intake form, they set their goals. They tell me like, these are three things that I would like to accomplish, right? So it's about getting like super clear on what you want, and then we organize a plan to get there. So the on a day-to-day -day basis, that's the daily routine. We just block out times. It's super simple, um, but it allows for intentional, purposeful work throughout the day. So it's like, not like you wake up every morning and like, what am I doing? You know, like every morning you wake up and you know exactly where you're supposed to be at any time throughout the day. So that structure, um, I find is like really valuable for cultivating attention. And it's like, okay, well, I know that I'm only working like for this two hour block on, um, you know, like the social media for my business or like whatever it is. And then like, I know that I don't have to think about, uh, you know, whether it be like my, my relationship or like my, my finances, you know, accounting, like whatever it may be until like my one hour block for that later this afternoon. So the daily routine is huge. That's like the, 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 the first like, tangible thing that people walk away from and immediately start experiencing results because they're like, oh shit, like 
I actually have so much time in the day when I'm using it effectively. So many people just like, you know, we sit here on our phones and like scroll away and, you know, whatever. It's like, it's like you're, you're wasting your time hustling for 10 hours a day if you're spending half that time brain dead on your phone. You know what I mean? So it's about being like really intentional with the way that you spend your time. So, yeah, it sounds like you help people kind of take a step back do kind of like an audit and an evaluation of where they're spending their time, what is important to them, how to prioritize these things within their lives. So I guess my next question for you would be like, why do you think that people have such a difficult time nowadays, like organizing their time and being intentional with their time to need, you know, a service like this? Like you would think that we're given one life and we want to be able to spend it as efficiently and, and effectively as possible, but so many people don't. You know, what what do you think is the root cause of the problem in society right now, where people are largely unfocused and just generally confused about you know how to reach their goals or maybe don't even have goals? Like, why is even like why are people even having these problems in the first place? Yeah, that's that's a really great question. Um, I think that there's a number of reasons, but you'll see like one of my, you know, if you look at my marketing, you look at my website, whatever, like one of the key mantras is if you're not happy with your life, you can change it. And so many people go through life, living a life that they are unsatisfied with. They are like trying to snap in to like a set of tracks that were laid out already. And they're like choosing, they're like, oh, I could go down this path. I could go down this path. I could do this job. Like I could have like you know, uh, I could get married at 30. I could do like, you know, have kids at this time or whatever, you know, and everyone's trying to like fit themselves into a container that wasn't made to hold them. Right. So when you are uh, expending all of this energy uh, to try to do something that you don't really want to do, you're going to be trying to escape it like out, out of the back of your mind all the time. So there's so much escapism. And then that's going to take the form of whether it be like drugs and alcohol, uh, porn, uh, social media addiction, like all these different kinds of like escapist tendencies that people use as crutches. So they don't have to face the fact that like, they're not actually doing what they want to do. So that's, again, another really huge part of it is like mission, mission, mission. What is your fucking mission? And this is something uh, that, you know, we have a few exercises that we go through to like boil that down. A lot of people know what it is though. And that, and they're just afraid to say it out loud because whether they're afraid to fail, they think it's stupid. Like they don't really know how to get there. Right. But if you drill down with somebody and you're like, what are you afraid to say? Like, what are you afraid to say your mission is? You get a good answer usually, you know? And then it's just about creating an actionable plan to get there, right? So much of uh, the balking and the settling comes from fear of the unknown, right? It's just like this big empty space of like between you and your goal. And you're like, I literally don't even know where to start. So I'm just going to do this thing like where I get like, you know, paid a hundred thousand dollars a year and it's great. And like, I don't have to like think about all this shit, but what I really rather be doing is like, whatever, I want to start like an animal rescue. I want to start a homestead. Like, you know, I, I, I want to be, you know, a chef, whatever it is. It's like, okay, like, let's figure out how to make that happen. So what is up guys? And thank you so much for listening to the bodybuilding lifestyle podcast. If you're interested in transforming your body and getting shredded this summer, 
I put together an awesome free 30-minute mini course called Shredded Secrets of Fitness Influencers that you can grab at elonmuscular.com or visit the link in the description of this podcast. This is real, raw, true information that you won't find anywhere else. Head over to elonmuscular.com slash shredded to check it out right now. So I guess let's let's say that you are somebody who, you know, is successful and you like you're successful on the surface and you did all these things and you built up like all this stuff, but you're unhappy, right? Would you ever encourage somebody to take like a big risk and quit what they're doing or, or something like that? Because, you know, I talked to a business coach on the podcast and she was saying that like, she would encourage someone to an extent if she felt that they had the right, you know, mindset about it to go into debt in order to work with her because she really believes that she could provide them with the results or whatever. So like, if you see that somebody has already built up stuff, but they're clearly unhappy, how big of a risk would you feel comfortable, you know, pushing someone towards like how uncomfortable do you really have to get in order to change? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so this is super case by case. Um, and just want to make it clear that like, I'm not giving anybody advice here because I don't know you. Um, there are certain people who need the structure of the nine to five lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not telling everybody you should be an entrepreneur. Like you should, you know, take these big risks and, you know, create this like massive thing that's bigger than yourself because that's not going to be healthy for everybody. Like we're not all wired the same way and everyone's priorities are different. So you got to get your priorities straight before you make any decisions like that. Oftentimes when people are feeling unhappy, dissatisfied, whatever, they want to make like this massive change, this overhaul, like to be like, oh, I want a new life. I'm going to get divorced. Like I'm going to like move somewhere else. You know, I'm going to do this or that or whatever. I'm going to quit my job. And they do that before they do that audit, right? Before they actually look at like, what am I doing every day? Like, what am I neglecting? Like, where, where am I uh, uh, selling myself short that is standing in the way of me and fulfillment, right? And that's the shit that, that I help people with. Like, first and foremost, it's like, let's go back to the fundamentals because it's like, all right, well, if you're not happy with the life you're currently living and you say, Oh, well, you know, and you think it's because of your job you quit your job and you start your own business and whatever. But like, meanwhile, you know, you're still like staying up till four o'clock in the morning, jerking off or like doing whatever it is that like is creating this loneliness, this dissatisfaction, this lack of fulfillment. It's like nothing's going to change. Like so oftentimes people will think that a symptom is the cause, right? So that's why I come at it from this holistic standpoint where if somebody tells me like, oh, I want to lose weight or like, you know, uh, oh, I, 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 I'm having problems in my relationship. It's like, all right, well, are you having problems in your relationship? Like, because you're not satisfied with work because you're not being productive because you're not confident in yourself. You know what I mean? Like you always have to look at everything surrounding the problem. Like, you know, like Albert Einstein, right? It's like, you, you can't solve a problem on the same level that it was created or whatever. It's like, you always have to look at things from a holistic standpoint. So listen, if you want to do a complete overhaul and you say like, fuck it, I'm ready to go. Like, I, I want to start a new life. I want to do this or that. Like, by all means, go for it. Um, just make sure you're like not smoking the pipe when you do that. Like, you got to check your 
motivators and what is making you think that that's a good idea. And if you want to do that, it's like, okay, let's make a plan to do it. Don't just dive out into the ocean when you don't know how to swim. You know, it's like develop the skills, like do some work, uh, get some competencies, take some classes, do whatever you need to do, uh, do volunteer work in the field, like whatever it is, it's like, there's a practical way to go about like uh, creating massive change, right? So those are the things that, you know, I think people need highlighted sometimes because they just get to a point where they're so stressed out that they want any exit. And it's like, all right, well, let's do this the right way. Yeah, I think, I think it's starting to make sense, you know, where somebody could use a life coach in terms of just helping to get organized with that kind of stuff. Because I feel like, you know, we live in a society that has so much need for immediate gratification all the time. And when you go online, there are a lot of people constantly, these messages are being, you know, thrown at you, like, you know, fuck the nine to five is for losers or like, you know, burn the boats and take a big risk on your business. And like, you know, do you want to be somebody who has freedom or do you want to be somebody who's like a slave and like all this like really harsh messaging. And I, I see it in the fitness industry too, you know, like a lot of shaming and a lot of just like trying to make people feel bad about where they are in order for them to have the leverage to be able to transform. But then at the same time, their people's shame and feeling bad about themselves is at the core of their problems in the first place, right? So I think it does make sense to have somebody that's kind of like in your corner to help guide you along that journey. But for most people, I would say that, you know, they turn to something like a therapist in order to work those things out. So where, where would you say that life coaching differentiates from therapy and like, what's really the, the difference? Yeah. Another great question. Um, and one that I get asked a lot. Um, a lot of my clients actually have therapists as well. Um, and the thing is, you know, I've done therapy, um, like since I was a kid, I had therapy since I was like 16 years old, um, on and off been in talk therapy, traditional talk therapy, and it has value for sure. Um, because when I go to therapy, I use it as an opportunity to just unload and dump all of the shit that's in my mind onto somebody else. Just like somebody who's just like there, I'm paying you to listen to me <laughs> and I'm just going to fucking say anything that I want for the next hour. And that's sick. Like it's a really great, great option to like do that self-work and, and heal. Um, the big differentiator in coaching is like, you know, we'll do the internal work. We do a lot of personal narrative work, identity work, exploration, but it's always with the caveat that like, you have to go do something about it. You have to take action. Like at the end of this session, you're going to come out with a set of action items. And before we meet next week, like you better have gotten them done. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's the, this, when you think about like a coach, right? If, if you ever played sports or anything like that, like I always think about one of my high school football coaches, coach Clint. Coach Clint was like, you know, 70 years old, like, you know, like whatever, but like a total hard ass. And uh, when we'd be in the weight room, I'd be on the row machine and he would have like, he'd like see you working out and just like literally walk around the gym. And like, if he saw you slacking, like, you know, not with good form or whatever, he would just like drive a knee into your back, like on the row machine and be like, you know, straighten up, boy, like finish it up. He's like, oh, what? That's the end of your set? Like, no, it's not. Give me three more. You know what I mean? So like the coach is there to drive growth and progress and demand action. So it's like, it's, it's this creating this uh, interesting dynamic with a client where there's trust and 
and love and rapport. And it's like, they know that I got you, like I'm here for you, but I'm also going to make you work, you know? So that I think is like the big difference. Like in my experience with therapy and what I've heard from my clients, it's like, you can easily just get caught in like this for some people straight up a lifetime, like 40 years going to therapy, talking about shit, ruminating in these like dark thoughts without ever doing anything to change them. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, well, we'll just pick it up next week. There's your hour. You know, like <laughs> we'll talk more about this next week. It's like, no, like, you know, I offer unlimited text coaching. Like I'm with you in the trenches every day. Like, you know, I like guess some shit comes up, like we'll troubleshoot it together. Like I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to ride you. You are going to be accountable for the shit that you say that you're going to do. So there's this, there's this like, I don't know. It's uh, it's really action-based, you know, I'd say that's the big difference. So how much do you actually, how, how many, like, you know, how much interaction do you actually have with a client on a daily basis? Like, are you talking with them all day? Do you have a limit to like, Hey man, like you're, you know, you're talking to me too much or like, how do you stop people from unloading their emotional baggage onto you? Like they would a therapist and, you know, like, how do you set your parameters for what's cool and what's not cool to keep people on track? If you're offering this kind of unlimited service. Yeah. So, right. It's unlimited, but everyone's guaranteed like one response per day. Um, so it's like, you can say whatever you want, you know, like maybe I'll get back to you sooner. Maybe I won't. Um, but you know, people get it pretty much, you know, I, it's just about like setting the boundaries really clear when you take a client on, like being clear about what we're, what the work we're doing is here. Like, why is it different than therapy? You know, like what's going on and also emphasizing accountability, right? Like where it's like, you are responsible for your life. I'm here to help you, but like, it's on you. Like, I'm not like here to take care of you, you know? So it's just like, it's about like really instilling those values and empowering the client to handle the things themselves. Um, to be honest, I haven't really had to run into uh, clients like abusing the unlimited text messaging thing at this point, which I'm super grateful for. Um, everyone seems to be like, rocking people like to handle things for themselves you know what i mean like nobody wants to have to have, go to somebody else to solve their problems and maybe like that's why those people aren't coming to me because of like the way that i put out my message or whatever it is you know awesome so i want to talk a little bit about your personal journey as well you know like how you like grew into the person to feel like you can't offer this service and stuff like that so I know you like on a personal level that, you know, you, when you, you lost your job during the pandemic and decided to make the move to Tulum in Mexico and like are living out there, what made you decide to, you know, take that leap to move to a different country and like, how's that been going? You know, for anybody who's interested in living internationally, I've talked about how I want to move to Thailand and that's a goal of mine. And I've lived in Thailand in the past and some people know me for, you know, from my time there and some content that I made over there. So what do you think about like living in different countries and how's your experience been, you know, in terms of living abroad, especially during a pandemic? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So I've been traveling internationally since I was like 18. It was the first time I went out of the country um, to go teach English in Madagascar. That was a really incredible experience. And that's kind of like what lit my travel fire. Um, you know, that experience was really demanding like in just like doing a bunch of shit that i had never done before like going to all these places where i didn't speak the language having to figure out how to navigate that and uh 
it definitely like made me feel comfortable to go anywhere. And like, you know, I went through some dangerous places and, you know, just like learned how to handle myself and like, all right, cool. I, I think I'm good. Like wherever I go, you know? Um, and then when I was working, like, you know, I've been working remote for the past few years, um, even before the pandemic. So I used that opportunity to travel around the States, travel, you know, around Europe and see a lot of really cool places. I, I love to travel. It's like a very much like a big part of like who I am and what offered me um, this new, new lease on life. You know, like when I was 16, like I was super depressed. Like I lost a friend in a tragic accident and, uh, and basically was just like so miserable. And I wanted to go see like, if there was another way that I could live my life, you know? So like, that's what drove me to go travel to Africa to go see what was up because I was so desperate for anything different, like anything than what I was currently living. And, uh, and it was incredible. It was like exactly what I hoped it would be. It was just like, Oh word. Like now I know that any time, like I want to change my environment or my life or whatever. It's like, I can do that. You know what I mean? There are other ways to live this life. So that lit me up. I was like, okay, well, I know I love this place. Let me go see where else like I can learn from and this and that and whatever. So, you know, I came down to Tulum. Um, I've been interested in the area for a long time. Like my girlfriend was down here three years ago, uh, just on vacation. And like, since our first date, she's like, oh, Brendan, you would love Tulum. You would love Tulum. Like there's a really big wellness culture down here, like super conscious yoga, green juices on every corner you know like there's like gyms on the beach like with wood and concrete and like really cool weights and shit and it's just like this beautiful like natural jungly aesthetic like all over the place um and you know my environment is really important living in new york like you know me and my girlfriend were jammed in like a studio apartment for you know most of the pandemic and it was trash. <laughs> it was like, you know, we, we, we weathered it out. And like, you know, we had a lot of fun in the beginning, honestly, we were doing like live stream parties and like, whatever, it was like silly, but then we were like, all right, like, hold on. Is this actually what we want to keep doing? So in October we came down here and, uh, you know, travel has its, its, uh, ups and downs for sure. It's really hard to move to another country to learn how to live without your comforts. And, uh, you know, it's, it's harder to do it with somebody else, honestly, in the beginning, like, you know, when you take your relationship to a new place, like you now are dealing with all these external stressors that you didn't have before. And, uh, and it, it's, it's conscious, intentional work every single day to say, no, I'm committed. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to make it through. Um, so many people, dude, everyone you talk to down here, like came down with their girlfriend or their boyfriend and like, they broke up. You know what I mean? Like that's just like what happens. And, and another reason for that is like <laughs> a running joke in Tulum, Tulum is that every relationship is an open relationship. It's just like, there's this really sexual, like wild feminine energy that exists in Tulum where, you know, it's just like mad, hot, topless girls on the beach, like hot dudes, like super jacked, like tan, everybody. It's just like, damn, where am I? This is wild, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, like for a lot of people who come down here, like they struggle in the relationship. Um, and I'm super grateful for my girlfriend uh, uh, just because 
you know, every day, you know, we fight, things are hard, but like every day we make the decision again to just do it and make it work and troubleshoot the problem. That's the thing, like another thing, like you'll see on my website, um, uh, I think it's only on the mobile site when it loads, but it's this thing that comes up to the screen that says every problem has a solution. And that's a fact. It's just like, if it doesn't have a solution, it's not a problem, right? Like then you're looking at the wrong thing. So that's the way that we approach life where it's just like, whatever it is that comes up, we can handle it and we're committed to doing so, right? Um, yeah, man, uh, Tulum has been an absolute hotbed for creativity for me. I mean, it's just like inspiration everywhere you look, incredible people, like to be able to have like that in-person interaction that nobody gets uh, right now during the pandemic is just so valuable and I'm so grateful for it. Like. You know, I've got like a men's group that I go to with like some really, really great dudes, like bright, wise, like, you know, really just like incredible dudes who are just like, it's like, damn, like, it's like, a, I feel like I'm sitting around like nights of the round table when I'm with these guys. You know what I mean? Like everybody is like sharing their reflections and thoughts on life and like how to be better men and like how to get the most out of life. And it's just like, yo, like you can't do that in New York right now. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's like, you know, online stuff and whatever, but to be able to do it in person and have these connections and workshop ideas and get inspired, super valuable for sure. I really appreciate you tuning into this episode of the Bodybuilding Lifestyle Podcast. I wanted to take this chance to tell you about my one-on-one -on -one coaching program, Physique Mastery Coaching. If you ever wanted to work with me directly, this is the best way to do it. We have coaching plans for all income levels starting from $99 a month, as well as one-off calls where I create a lesson plan custom tailored to your unique situation. We talk a lot about hardcore performance enhancing drugs on this podcast, as well as advanced diet and training principles. Don't waste your precious time, energy, or health learning how to implement all this on your own. Get in touch with me and I will guide you on a straight path to your physique goals. Check out elonmuscular.com to book a free physique mastery consultation call with me. And I think that, you know, travel will definitely pick up in a big way, like post pandemic and stuff like that. And, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to my next travel experience, you know, because I always also love to travel and go to new places. And I haven't really done it so much in terms of living in another place, like with my relationship too. And I can, I can see how, you know, there could be problems there because when you travel as a single guy, it's always all, you know, it's all fun and games, really. There's nothing that can go wrong. Anything that happens is cool. Like, you know, you're stranded in the middle of whatever city that you're in and you don't know how to get home at 2.30 in the morning and like, it's fine. Like, you don't care. But like, if you are there with your girlfriend, then it's like, you know, it's, it's a little bit, you got to take a little bit more responsibility for like multiple people. And then for, if anyone's listening that has a family, then obviously it's a whole nother story and you got to make sure that they're accounted for. And it just travel, like you said, it brings so many different factors into the equation that just makes life more complicated and it can definitely challenge a, a relationship. So I can see why, you know, a lot of people break up you know, going through that process. And it's definitely something that like I have been talking about with my partner, like before we move out to Thailand, it has to be like the relationship has to be like very airtight before you take it and place it somewhere else with, with all these different factors. You need to make sure that all the, you know, holes are plugged. So, because, you know, the issues that you might've been having will erupt once you put in more, you know, things in, into the equation. 
So I think that's definitely like a major key. So looking forward, you know, into the future, like where do you see the future of like Tulum going? Do you think that you guys will stay there? And like, what are kind of like, where do you see this, you know, pandemic going and where do you see kind of like the industry that you're in moving with that? Like, has it grown, you know, do, do people need more help now than they did before? Like, what is your, you know, how do you see that your clients interacting with everything that's going on uh, in the world right now? Yeah. Um, okay. There, I feel like there are a few questions in there. So I'm going to take like the last one. Um, I think that what's going on in the world right now is the main reason why the business was able to take off successfully, right? Like, because there's so much uncertainty and so much fear of the future. And like, you know, everybody has like been in hibernation for a year and they're trying to figure out how to like reemerge gracefully, right? And like step into like this, this new world um, with like intention. Like everyone's had time to reflect on like, what do I want from my life? Like, what do I like about what the pandemic has given me? Like, what do I appreciate this new life about this new lifestyle? And what do I miss? So people are coming back and they're like trying to figure it out, right? But you know, they, they need a little bit of help sometimes. They sometimes need a little bit of a push. It's like everyone's chock full of ideas right now. Everybody's just been like thinking about what they want to do, what they're going to do. Everyone made their pandemic to-do list about like, oh, I'm going to learn how to speak a new language. Like, I'm going to get super jacked. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, whatever. And now it's like vaccines are available. Like, you know, the, the travel bans are lift, lifting in the U.S. CDC just gave the green light. You know what I mean? Europe is like, you know, poised to start letting, like at least Greece is. <laughs> Greece is about to, 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 to say fuck you once again to the EU where we're doing summer. But, um, you know, like everyone is, is starting to look at like, okay, like, let's let's start looking at what what travel looks like again and now that there's this remote work option for so many people that didn't have it before like people have to figure out how they want to use that so i mean that's like such an interesting thing that we're going to see happen just like you know with all these businesses who have you know multi-million dollar office spaces in new york city and you know they were having to house their employees and they're now like oh well we don't have to do that anymore actually like we learned how to do the re remote workflow it's all good and like you guys can travel anywhere you want as long as you're available from nine to five new york time you know um so there's a lot of people who are now like looking how to do that like these are the dms that i get just like from my friends and whatever you know everyone like wants to know how to do it and like like the answer is just fucking do it. Like, honestly, for most people, it's like, get yourself set up and like put, you got to self-regulate. You know what I mean? Like there is this, um, there's this fetishization of freedom in our generation. Like you were talking about earlier, like all the stuff you see on Instagram about like, oh, fuck the nine to five, blah, 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 this, that, whatever. Everyone thinks that like freedom is the ultimate value or that's what it's being sold to us as, right? It's like freedom, freedom, freedom. But regardless of like, how unencumbered you are by like the borders of your country or the times that you have to work. It's like you have, if you're choosing not to have a master, like you have to be your own master. You have to put those boundaries in place. You have to self-regulate. So that's what I was talking about earlier. It's not for everybody um, to like live uh, somewhat like nomadic, like this digital nomad lifestyle. Cause it requires a lot of discipline. Um, so I just say like, check yourself. Like, are you down to, to, to put to self-regulate like that um i think that like places like tulum are going to continue to boom like 
almost everyone you meet down here is down here for an extended period of time now because they don't have to go back because they're working remote. So it's like, this is an international hub for digital nomads. Like everyone that you meet, it's like, yeah, I'm from Germany, I'm from Finland, I'm from, you know, wherever in South America, you know, all over the States, England, you know, wherever. Africa, like literally people here, Australia from all over the world. I meet like every day and there you're going to see more hotspots like this, like start to pop up. I mean, like, you know, for people out in Europe right now, like so many people spent the winter in Dubai, like, cause Dubai made their borders open and available for people to come do the same thing that's happening in Tulum. Um, and, you know, Greece is going to be doing the same thing. You know, it's just like, everyone just got to get their infrastructure set up. Like I know Tanzania also, I keep getting ads to like go, go stay in, in, in Tanzania. It's beautiful, man. If you look at pictures online, I mean like Zanzibar and Tanzania, like it's, I mean, gorgeous. Like there's some really, really beautiful countries in Africa, like Kenya too. Like I, I get like that are, that are booming um, and cre have created the infrastructure to support digital nomads, right? So it's very interesting and we're going to be seeing a lot more of it as far as the coaching industry around it like the coaching industry is poised to blow up over the next 10 years like we're in the middle of a huge boom right probably everybody listening to this like you're a coach or your friend's a coach or like you know whatever it's like the industry is booming and the thing is more and more people need a little bit of help a little bit of guidance and people see the value in that right so i think it's, it's all growing right is the answer I think that in the past, you know, people would have like this type of coaching thing wouldn't have flied like maybe 20, 30 years ago. I feel like everybody had a way better idea of like who they were and what they were looking to do. And like people were very one track minded, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get up. Then I'm going to get my family and then I'm going to do this and this and this. Like, why would I need a coach other than like, like you said, like high school sports or whatever. But nowadays, like, you know, most of the clients for coaches are people who are, you know, working full time. They don't have enough time to handle these things themselves. And like, they just, they get into, like you said, these coping habits to deal with the fact that, you know, stress from work or stress from life or whatever. And then things in their life start to fall off, whether it be their fitness or any of the eight things that you pretty much mentioned, right. Can, can start to take the back seat when you get into adult life and no, and people nowadays, I feel like, you know, in the Western world have more money than time for the most part, at least people who are willing to work with coaches and a coach becomes like, kind of like a, like a status symbol, like an accessory, like somebody that I can hire to help me with these things in my life. And obviously they have to want to put the work in too, but you know, it becomes a million times easier to do the work that you have to do when you have somebody on your ass, you're basically paying someone to be like, like a coach is like a fancy way to put it. But at the end of the day, like we are providing service, like we're, we're servants, you know what I mean? For real, man. I, I joke about it all the time. It's like, you could call me whatever you want, like whatever makes you feel good, you know, like whatever's going to like resonate with you. It's like, I'm your personal assistant. I'm your lifestyle consultant. I'm whatever. I'm your coach. I'm your teacher. I'm this, that, whatever it like works for you, whatever's going to make you like do the work. You know what I mean? Cause some people, have like a really big ego about coaching like that's like the big thing like about therapy too like a lot of people like don't want to go to therapy because like they're too man for it you know what i mean like they don't need any help like i'm good don't worry about me like i got it i got it um but it's like do you want an assistant you know like do you want someone to help 
you want somebody to help you get all the work done that you have to do, you busy, busy, big man, <laughs> you know, like, what, what do you want? So it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's that assistance um, with executing on goals and like getting the shit done that you want to get done, you know? I think, you know, I found too, like in my own journey of trying to become a better person myself, not, not on a coaching level, but just as an individual, every time that I've invested in myself, whether it be, you know, investing in my business or investing in my personal growth or anything, anytime I put money into becoming a better person in any way, it's always paid off in spades, either because it didn't pay off and it was a waste of money, but I learned a lesson that was equal to the amount of money that I spent or more, or I actually got the benefit from it, which is what usually happens in, you know, furthering my education or whatever. So I don't know, I found, honestly, if I, like this last year has been a huge like life hack for me to just be like, wow, you can just take the money that you earned and instead of putting it into a savings account or putting it into a retirement fund or whatever, you can invest it into your own self in a way. And it's just really about like learning how to do that and having the right people to do that. And it's hard nowadays because there's so many scams out there and there's so many people readily available and waiting to take your money from you and then provide you with some kind of cookie cutter substandard service. It's hard to find people that actually do want to serve you once they take your money that you can invest in because you're not only investing in yourself, but you're also investing in someone else. And it's hard to, you know, have that trust in, in people, which is kind of why I do this podcast so people can get to know me better and the coaches that I have on the podcast better and understand that, you know, we are real people. We're not just some guy saying, you know, hit me in the DMs to get ripped or whatever or change your life. We're real people who actually do want to help. And we're, we're constantly working on ourselves and constantly working on strategies to better serve our clients, strategies to better market ourselves, to get the message out to people that we can help them. And it's just like every day we wake up being like, how can I serve more people and get more people to trust me? And that is just like so different than working a nine to five job where you wake up thinking, you know, how can I get by today or like do the least amount of work that I could possibly do to, you know, get by or how can I do work for a promotion or, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're not internally motivated to do the job. It's, it's always a external motivation. And I think that people nowadays realize that being internally motivated is really the best way to get things done and make changes in their life. And anyone that can teach people how to do that better, whether it be like a dating coach or a business coach or a fitness coach or a life coach, you know, I want to be able to have those conversations. So, you know, anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I love to talk about drugs. And I know that there's a big, you know, plant medicine movement going on right now in, in Tulum and, and stuff like that. And so I saw on your Instagram that you did like some kind of ceremony recently. I'm not sure exactly uh, like the details of, you know, what was involved there. Um, you know, what role does plant medicine play in this kind of, you know, transformational process? Is it something that you would ever coach someone on or recommend to a client? Is it something that you do yourself? And where do you think that fits in? Because that's like a cutting edge thing that I've seen a lot of people talk about online. Mm. Yeah, man, for sure. It's a huge part of the work for me. Um, my own personal development, uh, like the plant medicine, psychedelic experimentation has been like such a big part of like reshaping my worldview and, and retraining my brain to like experience fulfillment and happiness. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just talk about what's going on down in Tulum right now. I mean, like, you know, 
you can like go down the street and literally there's just like signs for like every drug you've ever seen in the entire world. Like you have like the pharmacies, for instance, like the pharmacies like have all like their pharmaceuticals. Like you can just you can buy Xanax, Percocets, like, you know, Tramadol, Vicodin, like whatever you want, like at the, at the pharmacies. And then like you drive like a little bit further down and you have like your shaman pharmacy, right? Where it's like, <laughs> like we got like, you know, ayahuasca, peyote, DMT, like, you know, mushrooms, whatever it may be. And, uh, and there's a lot of people who come down here to do that work, you know, and, and it's deep internal work. Um, and it's really sacred, you know, if you treat it that way, um, you know, like you can, it, it's the, the people who are coming down here to take psychedelics, like, it's a lot different than like, you know, the way you take psychedelics in college and like, or like at a music festival or whatever, you know, like where you're just like trying to party, have a good time. And there's still breakthroughs. Like they can be really healing and powerful, like at, in those experiences as well. Um, but people come down here to work and like confront their demons, like, like break old patterns, you know? Um, and just recently, yeah, like maybe three weeks ago, uh, I did a peyote ceremony, which was nothing like I thought it was gonna be, um, but really, really powerful. And, uh, um, it, you know, I have this, for my whole life, uh, this, this side to me that like, I really care about what everybody thinks, you know, like I, I always am like looking for approval and um, wanna make sure that like I'm doing things the right way and you know, like during this peyote ceremony, I had this huge breakthrough. And like, you know, now that I've like stepped onto this uh, public stage through social media and whatnot, like putting myself out there, it's like, a, uh, it's, it's, it's hard work for me all the time to just like make sure I'm saying the things correctly and make sure that I'm representing like my views and my values and like that I don't look like one of these scammer, like fuck boys, like whatever, you know, like, but also trying to attract clients and build a business and whatever. So like, I'm super self-conscious about all that shit naturally. Um, and I had like a really great breakthrough during the peyote ceremony, you know, like I, I got to sit with some really great dudes. Like, you know, we spent, we did it all night. We ate the peyote cactus and uh, sat around the fire. It was facilitated by like a shaman who flew down from like the desert in Mexico. And uh, we sat around a fire all night for like, you know, eight, 10 hours um, starting at, 10 p.m. and and uh I just like worked through this this self-consciousness this like fear of judgment like the whole time and I I had this like just fucking lightning bolt of inspiration and just this voice that was just like you're doing it right like it's all good you know like stop worrying about what everyone thinks like you know what to do like and you open up that connection with like yourself, just like to truly like when people say like, listen to your heart, listen to yourself, like whatever it is, like, it's like, yeah, when you can open that up and you can feel like, oh no, I'm good. Like, I don't need somebody else to like co-sign my shit and tell me that I'm all right. And like, that it's okay to build my business, that it's okay to post this ad, like whatever. It's just like, I'm just going to do it because it's true to me, you know? So that was really powerful. Um, and, you know, again, I had like the opportunity to bond with some really incredible guys the next morning, like who are doing similar work. And uh, we were just able to talk through all that deep internal work we did all night. Super powerful. Love the plant medicine. Is it something that I would recommend to clients? Um, if we're working together for like a long time, I'd have to get to know you. We'd have to develop a relationship. Uh, I wouldn't tell you to go do it alone. Like, you know, um, there's like a certain way in which like I would recommend these things. Um, I do like, you know, 
hook people up down here, um, like with, uh, with people who facilitate these ceremonies. So like, if there's a client like who says like, yeah, I really want to do this stuff and I want to explore it. Like I, you know, I can make that happen and I will be there to support you through it and whatnot. Um, that's like, you know, a, a much more intimate, uh, higher ticket coaching package that I offer. Um, but yeah, it's super powerful. It's been really great for me in my own personal development journey. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a few experiences. I mean, a lot of experiences like that. And we had a guy, you know, I had a guy on the podcast, Aaron Burke, who talked about, you know, how he, he went to Japan with his friends and they all did LSD and that changed his life. And after that, he realized that he wanted to make the move out there and like live out there and like completely change everything. And at that time he wasn't even doing bodybuilding. And now he's like on his way to being a professional bodybuilder. And like, he had all these like crazy revelations from taking, you know, an LSD trip. And I know like a lot of people are, you know, obviously averse to it or scared to tripping and stuff like that. And I've been doing, and I have experimented with in the past and have been doing a lot of research on like microdosing, uh, LSD and psilocybin and stuff like that. Is that something that, you know, you've ever tried or that ever researched? Like, what do you think about people? Because, you know, the reason that I ask uh, these questions is because, you know, these things are linked kind of with transformational work kind of in a, in a abstract way these days. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people who help people with these personal transformations and breakthroughs like that, especially like, you know, people outside of the traditional therapist medium where like your therapist is not going to prescribe you LSD because that's illegal. And like, they would be lose their license. You know what I mean? But a lot of these life coaches, and now they have like microdosing coaches and like trip coaches and like all this type of different stuff. So um, do you have any experience with microdosing and what do you think about microdosing? Yeah, I have some experience experience with microdosing. Um, I'm definitely not like super well versed in it. So I don't want to speak outside of like my expertise. Um, I've, I've experimented with microdosing is what I would say, but never under the, um, the direction like of, uh, of a coach, um, or, you know, like a specific program. Um, it was more so like I heard about it and wanted to, give it a shot. So, you know, I have microdosed with, uh, mushrooms and LSD. So psilocybin mushrooms and LSD, um, the LSD, honestly, like it was, uh, it wasn't great for me. I couldn't focus. I was trying to do like screen work, computer work, and like, it didn't work well for me, honestly, um, potentially like in a different work setting. I did that when I was still working at like my old job at the agency. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was tough for me to like work on the screen. Psilocybin uh, was a much like gentler experience. And I felt um, it was a little bit more uh, somatic and like physical in that like I had this good bodily high feeling and like very gentle um, and uh, a peace that kind of like permeated the way that I was working where like, I was like comfortable to like take risks and do shit and like think creatively and to do little like random exercises throughout the day and just like work in flow. Like I felt very much like in flow. Um, so that was cool. It's definitely something that like I would love to explore more. Um, I think that, you know, they're, they're really, really great tools. 
Um, and yeah, like you said, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of people who are, who are doing this work like full time as like a microdosing coach or, you know, psychedelic integration coach and all that stuff is really valuable. There's an amazing book. Um, it's by Michael Pollan. It's called how to change your mind. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, like there's a lot of great information in there on psychedelics and like how you can use those to rewire your brain, um, and change your patterns, behaviors, and all things like that. Uh, and there's also all over the place, like there's these new clinics popping up. So like if you suffer from anxiety or depression, like, um, and honestly, I think the uh, parameters aren't super strict right now. It's not covered by insurance. Like it's, uh, whatever, but there's this place called mind bloom. Mind bloom is a ketamine therapy clinic. Um, and I know it's in New York, uh, I think in Denver, LA, there's a few different places. Um, and another company that I know is doing cool work with, uh, with mushrooms is uh, Field Trip, they're called. They're also in New York, I know, and in a few other spots. But, you know, if you want to go ex like experiment with the healing benefits of psychedelic medicine, like in a controlled setting where it's super safe and like you have doctors, right, who are working on all this stuff and who have created the most comfortable, beautiful experience. You can imagine, like, go look at pictures of the offices. Like, they're just like, it's like, oh, I'd love to like sit in that comfy chair and like, you know, take a little mushrooms or whatever. Um, yeah, there are these opportunities where you can experience this stuff in like a really safe controlled environment. So uh, if, if it's all brand new to you, like by all means, like do it the right way, you know? There's a few other topics that I want to ask you about that, like maybe, you know, people who listen to this podcast are mostly like fitness people that just wouldn't be aware of this kind of stuff. Um, and the next thing is not drug related, but uh, meditation, like it's something that I've tried to do multiple times. I could never stick to like, you know, a consistent practice of meditation. My girlfriend got into meditation a few months ago and has been consistently doing it. And it's had like incredible results in reducing her anxiety. Um, you know, I know that you personally do meditation and like lead meditation and it's a big part of what you do with your clients. Can you talk about like, you know, what, what, like, first of all, what, what would the benefits of meditation be? And I want this to be like, just not, not anything. Cause you, there's so much like fluff, like surrounding meditation, you know what I mean? But like, if you had to put somebody on like a super basic, like meditation routine to really actually like help them um, reduce their anxiety, for example, right? What would that look like? What's like the minimum effective dose of it? And, uh, you know, it's something that you know more about. So could you give us like a brief clinic on like how to get into meditation and like what it actually looks like to be successful with meditation? Yeah, dude, this is a huge part of the work that I do. So like, this is something that all of my clients are meditating for sure. And most of them have never meditated before. So like working with beginning beginner meditation people is like, that's like, that's what I do. Um, and yeah, there's so much fluff around it and so many like misinterpretations and like whatever. So what does meditation offer? Um, just like three things, right? Um, like focus, decisiveness, and uh, stress relief, let's just call it, right? Um, those are three like really simple layman's terms that you will get from, from learning to meditate. Um, and I have like a really simple meditation. I mean, way, the, the most powerful tool for meditation, you guys probably hear about it. Like I know it's big in the fit, fitness community, breath work, like breath work is like the word of like, you know, the past couple of years, like everyone's talking about like Wim Hof and like all this kind of stuff, um, the power of the breath. 
the simple breath work meditation that I offer uh, to get everyone started is literally like, it's like one minute. Um, and I'd be happy to guide you in it right now if you want to give it a shot and just show you how easy it is. All right, let's do it. Everyone listening, we're all going to do it right now. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah, let's lock in. All right, cool. So if you guys are with me, just uh, come to sit up straight. Let your eyes close. Just take a breath and notice where your breath is right now. If you're breathing into your chest, that's going to uh, activate a little bit more alertness, uh, a little bit more of that sympathetic fight or flight nervous system. You breathe down into your belly, be more relaxing, activate the, the uh, parasympathetic nervous system. So maybe just let's redirect our breath down into the belly, place a hand on the stomach, breathe in through the nose, down into the belly and exhale. Cool. And just let your breath be normal. Chill here. Notice where it is. All right. What we're going to do together is we are going to take six breaths. Five seconds in through the nose, five seconds out through the nose. When we do this, we're going to constrict the throat. So it's going to be an audible breath. It will sound like an ocean wave or like Darth Vader, right? So I'll make this sound for you into the microphone, help picks up. That's what the breath will sound like. So we're gonna do that six times. Five seconds in, five seconds out. Keep your attention with the breath. Go ahead and exhale completely. Inhale. Inhale. Exhale. Continue. Inhale. Exhale. Two more, stick with the breath. Final exhale, push the breath all the way out through the nose and hold it out at the bottom, locking the lungs with no air. I'll count from 10. Inhale. sigh exhale let it out and let the breath return to normal keep the eyes closed here just sit here notice how you feel a little bit different a little bit more focused a little bit more calm everything kind of slows down 
That breath is called an ujjayi breath. It is a focusing breath. It's a yogic breath. And it is designed to cultivate focus. The reason it's so powerful in doing this is because that audible sound, it gives you that stimulus for the meditation, right? Where our brain tends to wander and all these different thoughts will come up. But when you keep focused on a, on a physical stimulus, whether that be something uh, um, like a visual cue or an audio cue, it really helps to, to bring the attention inward and focus. So super powerful, super easy, you know, like one to two minutes. And you guys can use that at any point throughout the day. It's how I start all my sessions with my clients, just like to lock in. We like do like a, a little like shake it out, physical warm up, like just like to loosen up the body, loosen up the hips. And then we do a breathing exercise to drop in and set an intention for the, for the session to say like, this is what I wanna get out of this session, right? With that clear focused mind. So you guys all just meditated. It's as simple as that, one to two minutes, use the breath, it's the best tool. Um, and if you guys do that once a day, like, or like whenever it works for you, you will start to see the benefits immediately, I promise you. Like if you didn't feel it just now, like you gotta do everything at least twice. You know what I mean? Try it out, you know, do it again. Um, how is that for you, Elon? I, I definitely felt it. I mean, I felt more calm. I mean, you know, taking deep breaths in and out is something that I do a lot when I'm feeling anxious. I never really thought about it as like that I'm meditating. I just like, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling really anxious. So I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like just to calm myself down. Um, so it was kind of similar to that, but I can see the extra, you know, the intention of like, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do it this way to, you know, for this uh, reason to focus better, to calm myself down better, it gives it that little bit of extra, you know, oomph, like to really make it stick and make you feel more accomplished. Like you did something, I guess it just like frames it the right way to give you a more positive outlook on it. Um, definitely the first live exercise on the podcast. So I appreciate that. And I think that was good. I hope you guys listening, uh, you know, did it with us and, and uh, didn't think it was too cheesy or whatever, because I think that, it, you know, this kind of stuff, I'm, you know, from the background that I'm from, I'm always like so averse to anything that's going to calm me down because the culture that I come from is very fight or flight, anxiety driven, like, you know, kill or be killed. That's just the, you know, mindset that I was raised with. So I've always been taught that, you know, therapy is weak. Uh, slowing yourself down for even a second is weak, you know, and I think all these different, you know, toxic beliefs that I was raised with are kind of what pushed me into this extreme form of bodybuilding and like really being, you know, everything I do is extreme from bodybuilding to working to just my mindset in terms of everything. There's never been a space to take a step back because when I do that, I always feel like I'm in danger. And um, recently I've been trying to stop doing that and like, just let myself just chill out for a second and just realize that like, there is time to relax. In fact, like there is no time not to relax by not relaxing. I'm actually impeding on my ability to produce by always being in this, you know, I don't, I don't know the right term for it. You said, you know, sympathetic and parasympathetic. which one is the one where you're like in fight or flight mode. That's the, yeah, that's sympathetic. That's the sympathetic. Sim yeah. So like I live in that state, you know what I mean? And um, I think a lot of 
fitness people and bodybuilders do because it's always like go 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 we're always trying to achieve something and there's a huge you know reliance on stimulants in this community whether it be you know to stave off appetite for dieting or to focus to do your work you know i just made a video on my youtube channel about modafinil and it's very common that people in this community will take you know pre-workouts tons of uh caffeine and you know some for some people it even goes into cocaine you know amphetamines and speed and stuff in terms of just you know, being able to focus on minimal food and with all these different things going through our brains and, you know, androgens that, you know, a lot of people take stimulate our brains and in, in a way that, you know, makes it more difficult to calm down. So I think this sort of influence, you know, and why I wanted to bring you onto my podcast, and I think that was very powerful is because, you know, bodybuilders, uh, we need this type of stuff to be able to stay stable. If we're going to be doing all this kind of stuff that's all, constantly driving us into this sympathetic state, we need to at least have the knowledge to understand how to, you know, take ourselves down and calm down. Um, I don't know how much experience, you know, you have with people like that. I mean, obviously we've been friends for a long time, but uh, what do you, I mean, I guess, what are your thoughts on that word vomit I just had? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, I work with a lot of type A people you know, like who are trying to do exactly what you're talking about. Like they're not wired for, for relaxation naturally, you know, like whether it be like these, these beliefs that they, that were ingrained in them by their family or whatever it is. Um, so that, um, that ability to like take a breath and be actually, no, I'm going to chill out for a minute and meditate, like is very difficult. You know what I mean? So that's why like, like I'll be working with clients and, you know, the, in, in, during the session, sometimes will be the only time they do the meditation for the entire week because they know, and they're like, oh, oh my God, that was so good. Like, you know, that helped like so much, whatever, I feel great. But they don't want to do it for themselves because they're more comfortable in that state of fucking alertness, like extreme alertness to almost panic. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, go, 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 go. And they're like, no, I don't want to get out of this. Like, even though it's like my maybe hurting me and my it's like my head hurts and I'm stressed and whatever it's like people are more comfortable in the state which they spend the most time in right so that's like if you are constantly stressed you're not gonna want to be not stressed because you won't be comfortable there or if like you're constantly depressed you're constantly sad or angry like you're not going to want to be happy you're not going to like want to feel good because you don't know how to be there it's uncomfortable for you right so you're going to constantly gravitate back towards that space which you know how to be in so that's why it's just like little by little all the time you get yourself more comfortable with being in that state of like peace and comfort relaxation where like for me i can access it immediately like you know i've been there so much where it's like for me anytime i need a quick reset like if i made my coffee too strong or like whatever it is and like i'm like buzzing I'm like all right wait a second and i just like close my eyes let the pressure drop out of my like my forehead like i hold a lot of pressure there you know and like let my eyes just like close heavy take a breath and like uh, I'm there, bro. Like I'm I, everything, like I, I'm chilling now. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I know how to get there because I've been there so many, so many times. So like the more that you do it, the more comfortable you get with that, that space, um, the easier it will be to access and uh, the less resistance there will be to hit it. Um, so yeah, guys, like however you want to do it, however you want to get there, I know it might feel like you don't have enough time or whatever, but another trick that I use with all of my clients, like put a fucking timer on. It's like, if 
if you can look at yourself in the mirror and literally say, I don't have one minute right now, like you're lying, first of all. Um, and like, you're just, you know, like fucking put the timer on, you know, like you, always, you, you always have a minute to calm down, to get like super clear. You know, I, I love the like, stoic philosophy. It's sick. Like I know Elon, you read meditations, right? Marcus Aurelius meditations, like really powerful book. Um, and I really admire the way that the stoics approach life because they are for massive action. They are for creating change. They are for doing hard work, but they're all about doing it in, in, in a decisive and uh, like temperate manner. Like everything, they're not making decisions emotionally. They're not, you know, like flying off the hinge. Like if they're going to decide to kill somebody, they're going to do it because that's what they want to do. It's intentional. It's heavily intentional. So when you live in this parasympathetic state, you're more likely to make emotional decisions um, that you may potentially regret in 10 minutes or like, you know, whatever, a week or however long it takes, you know, a couple of years, whatever, um, where when you're operating, um, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't know what I just said. If, you, if you're making decisions <laughs> from the sympathetic state, you know, um, that's when you're going to be acting emotionally. When you're making decisions from this parasympathetic state, more relaxed state, um, you'll be more intentional with what you do. So we, you know, we're talking a lot about meditation and I think that, you know, that that's a good like place to end there on the meditation uh, aspect. So that's like, you know, building positive habits that people struggle with. So another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, uh, if you have a little bit more time is like, you know, vices, basically, like, mm -hmm. how do people get away from, you know, because, you know, being able to implement meditation is great, you know, but if you are, you know, addicted to porn or you're addicted to alcohol or smoking or whatever, it might not make that big of a difference if you still have these vices, you know what I mean? So what do you think about vices? Like how can you help people get away from their vices? Do you think that, you know, it's normal to have vices do you, or do you think that we should live without them? And what are the most dangerous vices that you come across? Mm -hmm. Great questions. Okay. So um, everyone has vices everyone has vices, like whatever they are, you know, they're going to differ from person to person. Um, but we all have a way that we choose to escape or these self-sabotage practices. Um, and when I was in my yoga teacher training they said, choose to, <laughs> that's like what one, that's what one guy, one guy came in, he was doing a lecture and he was like, just choose to. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. I love that. Like, you know, it's just like super simple, but you know, you have to, you have to think about it. You know, it's like when, when I take a new client on, you know, I'm not going to immediately tell them like, you have to stop smoking today. Like you have to stop drinking today. Like whatever, like, that's not what I do. You know, I have my vices for sure. Like, um, and I'm all about balance and like that, like tantric view of like experiencing the, this like human body to its fullest. You know what I mean? So like all about trying new things, experimenting and whatever, but you, again, it's about being totally honest with yourself and doing that audit and saying like, is this getting in the way of like my mission of my growth? Like, am I feeling pulled apart? The reason that I, that I, I look at uh, personal development holistically is because like when you can sync up all the different areas of your life, like it, so they're cohesive and coherent and they're supporting your mission, right? Like when you have that one point where it's like, 
whatever it is that you are here for, what is your duty, your, your personal mission statement, like when you can work to get all those areas of your life, like synchronized and supporting you in that way, then it's like, you're a fucking powerhouse, you know, you can't be stopped. And, and sometimes that means like having a social life that like, you go out and you drink and you release because it can't just be like, go, 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 go all the time. So I'm not going to tell you to put the bottle down. Like if it's something that's like healthy recreation, you know what I mean? But there are certain times when like there's red flags where you say, okay, like this is really destructive and standing in the way. And, you know, like I just had a client, you know, pour out all their fucking booze, you know, like down the drain on camera with me. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, all right, like you're telling me that, you know, this is a problem. Right. So Again, you just need the kick in the ass to take action. Cause like, you're not going to be able, like, it's just so funny, you know, like the look on their face. Like when I was like, all right, like take me to the booze. Like you're telling me that you're not going to drink it. Right. Like let's make sure, you know? Um, so we do that, you know, uh, when, when somebody decides that they're ready, I'm not going to tell anybody to like cut out their vices. Um, I will show them that their vices may be getting in the way of their goals. But until like they are ready to make that change personally, there's nothing that I can do. I don't babysit them. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, not, it's not something that I can do, but it's like, if you're gonna come to me with this, then we'll put an action plan together for how to stop it, right? And as far as like those accountability measures, it's like, yeah, you put things in place and it's like, you know, ideally it's not only me, you find a support system where it's like, you know, rather than whether if, if it's porn, right? Like rather than, you know, like turning on, anytime you're gonna turn on, like you go on a porn website, you're about to jerk off, whatever. It's like, no, you have to like, you got to text another guy instead. And it's like, at that time, it's like, even if you go and continue doing, like you're going to go jerk off and watch porn still, like you still, before you do that, have to text somebody, you know, like your, your sponsor, your support system, like whatever. And like, maybe it's me, like in that situation, if you don't have somebody else like to do that for you. Um, or same thing, if you're going to take a drink, like whatever it is, like you put that check in place that, requires that is it is intentional you know like it's like all right i have now like had to sober up for a second and i'm not in this like addicted state um and if i still want to do it after i send that text message like fine but like you know that's just like something that you can use to start weaning yourself off another thing is just like taking yourself out of environments like that um will make it like really accessible so like rather than like keeping a head stash of weed like in the house like if you know you smoke too much weed and it gets in the way of your productivity it's like then you're only buying fucking you know like dubs or dime bags you know what i mean <laughs> you're not buying like you're not buying an eighth like you're not buying like an ounce you're not buying like a bunch of weed to like keep in your house it's like every time you want it you have to make the decision to do it um so little things like that go a really long way and also just like knowing that my client, like they're, they're going to talk to me the next week and they know they're going to ask me like that. I'm going to ask them like, what's going on. I've seen some incredible, incredible transformations, like people overcoming vices. Um, mind blowing. Yeah. Like you can do it if you want to, but you're not going to do it until you decide to, you know? So, you know, uh, cannabis just became legal in New York and, you know, 420 legalized. I'm all about legalizing all the drugs, but, um, you know, cannabis is something that a lot of people struggle with also. And it's something that a lot of people are addicted to, maybe not physically, but psychologically using it every day. You know, I never was a big user of cannabis ever. Um, never really the type of guy to constantly be smoking weed or anything like that. 
But during the pandemic, I found that, you know, I was using THC more than I probably should have been to try to escape from the way that I was feeling and the anxiety that I had of just simply being trapped in my house. You know what I mean? And there's no, there is no way to, whereas before I would go out and, you know, have a meal or go out and do something social, I don't just simply don't have the option to do that. So I turn to, you know, getting high. Right. And I'm sure that's been a problem for a lot of people during the, um, during the pandemic. And I've definitely, you know, became conscious to that. My girlfriend told me, Hey, like, you know, you're not really present because you're always high when, when you're not working, I wouldn't do it obviously not during work. Cause I don't want it to impact my work. But as soon as work is over, my demarcation for work being over was taking my THC, you know what I mean? And so, but, but then again, now it's become legalized and, you know, it's medicinal and that's kind of how I was rationalizing it to myself that like, Hey, this, you know, is healthy <laughs> in a sense, right? This is a healthy way to relax. So what do you think about like, you know, is there a proper way to use cannabis, especially now that it's becoming legalized more? Like, is it something that, you know, people can use recreationally or do you see it always becoming a negative habit? Like where can people, how do, how does someone properly utilize something like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So like, it's great for recreation for those who use it medicinally also it's like yeah you know listen to your doctor i'm not a fucking doctor like i can't tell you like when it's like when you need cannabis like i'm never going to tell somebody like start using you know um to treat whatever but like a lot of people that i talk to a lot of my clients um basically are self-medicating like they're like oh yeah like i don't want to take my medication, like, I don't want to do this, like, I'm super anxious, or I'm depressed, or I'm this or that. And like, that's like, really, like, when I smoke, like, a lot, I'll just smoke myself into a fucking stupor, you know, like, that's something that I know a lot of people struggle with, um, is like choosing pot, like over, like, whatever, their medicine that they're supposed to be taking, or like, rather than going to a doctor to like, see what's wrong with them or whatever. So like, you know, um, I think that, again, it's like you, you you just have to put those boundaries on it where the facts of the matter it are like your brain is going to be impacted by that cannabis like, you know, for the next week after you smoke it, right? Like it takes like whatever it is. I, I don't know if it's like five days or whatever, like to, to reset more or less like a, a, effectively in, in the brain. Um, but it's this relationship of like, highs and lows that you know fog and clarity that like you know you you continue to go through and sometimes like there are a lot of like functional smokers people who do smoke at work who's like yeah yeah like it helps me work like i'm more focused on you know whatever um you know and everyone's different so i'm not telling you like what you can or can't do but like when you're dependent on a substance to get anything done like whether that is relaxing or being productive like you just want to mitigate as many of those relationships as possible and like, you know, find out how to cultivate that energy from within. Right. So if you're kicking back and using it recreationally, it's just like pay attention to like what you're feeling when you decide to use it, you know, um, is it like, are you escaping? Right. Like what are what are you uncomfortable feeling that is like making you seek out this, this numbing, like high, um, and sit with that. It's fucking hard. And then also just like 
find another ritual. Like for a lot of people, it's been like years and years and years of cannabis use where it's just like, oh yeah, this is what I do. Like, you know, at this time during the day, like when I'm done with work, I smoke a joint or whatever. So it's like, okay, so you have a ritual, right? So it's about creating new rituals. Like whether that be, you know, again, like going to the gym, uh, going to like get a massage. Like you can go get like, you know, like uh, one of those Asian foot spas for like, you know, 15 bucks, like go, you know, go get, go get a foot massage, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like there's like a number of things you can do, like take like a really nice shower, like make a cup of tea, like do whatever you want to do. If it's not like, you know, a vice, the thing is with pot, like it's not usually like people are like trying to be bad and get fucked up, like with like cocaine and, and alcohol, like usually like you can't tell somebody, oh, instead of drinking alcohol, have a cup of tea. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't work. But like because like people are usually smoking pot, like to kick back and relax and whatever, um, you can like find a new way to ritualize that behavior um, that will take like intentional work. And then just put the boundaries on it. Like I'm only going to smoke on the weekends. You know, if you realize that it's like getting in the way of your relationship, like okay, if anybody's telling you that your drug use or your substance use is like getting in the way of you taking care of like your duties, like you immediately have to step back and be like, is that true? Like, you know, because you're not going to want to acknowledge that. Like you, you're always going to want to be like, I'm good. I'm good. But it's like, if your girl's telling you like, Hey, you're high all the time. Like you need to do something about that. Like, Oh, like maybe you're right. You know, for me, like I, I know that like, sometimes I drink too much you know, and like, I don't drink all the time. Like I don't drink every day or whatever, but like, sometimes like when I get loose and I'm at a party, I'm feeling good, like whatever, like I'll like let it slide a little bit and I'll have a few too many drinks and like, you know, step outside of myself. I do so much work uh, on being the best version of myself all the time, right? That like, when I go out and I, I have a few too many drinks and I do something that like is dishonoring, like who I am, like the man that I want to be, like, I get, I, I feel like shit, you know, like for, for a little while after that. So like, you know, that's something that I'm being intentional about right now. Like when I go out now, I'm not drinking hard liquor. Like I'm only drinking wine or beer, you know, like it's too easy to get fucked up on, on liquor. So, you know, that's like, you just like put those little checks into place that will help you moderate your behavior behavior. So I want to ask you about a few more things. Um, you know, something we did together was going to a float tank and it's something that you introduced me to. And I had a interesting experience in the float tank. And I think that um, like, so, so basically just what happened to me was that I went in the float tank for the first time and I completely forgot where I was and became like delusional. And the people at the float center had to like basically pull me out of the float tank and like <laughs> they were trying to let me know by turning on the lights and like playing the music and being like hey ma'am like your hour is done but I was like so deep in the float and like that I didn't realize what was going on I guess or that it was over I kind of even forgot where I was or whatever so I thought the float tank was a really interesting you know out of body experience and something that you know we did completely sober um so I was curious have you kept up with floating or you know what do you think about using float tanks at, you know and where can they be used for personal development yeah for sure so yeah man uh that was a that was a funny day um <laughs> so yeah I, I i have continued floating um and i recommend it to a lot of people like it's one of like probably my most um uh, popular gift, like anytime, like that there's somebody that I got to get a gift for, like, I would love to, I love to send them to a float tank. 
because um, it's a really novel experience. Like, to, so for those of you guys who don't know, like a flow tank, uh, another word for it is like a sensory deprivation tank. And basically you go into this uh, bathtub, like, uh, or like a pod uh, that's fully closed in. The water is exactly at skin temperature with like thousands of pounds of Epsom salt in it. So you just like float completely effortlessly. And the barrier between your skin and the water and the air like dissolves. So like you start to lose track of your physical body basically in this space and it's pitch black. So uh, it's very interesting. Basically you, you, you put in earplugs and everything, you cut off all your senses. Um, and when you cut out distraction like that, you are left with you and your mind. Um, and it can induce uh, hallucinations for some people. Uh, it can also just induce like extreme relaxation uh, and like trigger brain waves that will, you know, help you to um, just to rest and restore. So it's a, it's, a, it's a restorative practice that a lot of athletes use um, because like muscle, it's great for muscle repair. Um, it's great for like, you know, just like stress relief and relaxation. It takes you to this like meditative state. Like it's just one of those things that kind of gets you there like a little bit quicker than you can maybe get to if you're on your own. Um, and it's like always a very spa-like atmosphere. It's really super chill. Um, uh, I think it's, it's, it's really great for just like a self-care practice to be like, you know, me time is really important. Like anytime, like we're, we're always socializing, whether it's on social media, with our family, friends, partners, whatever, uh, business partners, like, it's like, you need to cut out some time to just be alone. And like, that's where the good work happens. When you can just be alone with yourself, like, and connect with like, who am I like outside of what everybody else thinks of me? Um, it's an opportunity to do that. And, you know, some people it's really intense and they don't want to go back and they don't want to do it because they're not like necessarily comfortable being alone with their thoughts. Um, but it, it, it's great work in that sense. Like, it's like the same thing with like psychedelic medicine. Like sometimes like people say like, oh, like that sucked. I had a bad trip. Like, I don't want to do that. But it's like, okay, well, it's only a bad trip if you didn't get anything out of it. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you sat with yourself and you were uncomfortable, it's like, so reflect on that, do the integration, like find out why you are uncomfortable. Um, and some people don't want to do that work. So like, if you don't want to do that, then like, fine. Now I have some people who also go there. Uh, it's like, well, you know, some of my best friends like are not doing conscious work whatsoever. Like don't give a shit about it. Like even in the slightest bit. And they literally just like go to the float tank or like go to the rub and tug like every other week. You know what I mean? Like they're like, some days they'll go to the float tank some days they go to the rub and tug and they treat them pretty much the same thing it's just like you know they just chill out like in the in the float tank and it's very relaxing so everyone gets something different out of it you don't have to go pitch black you can leave the music on you can turn the lights on like you know you can most places like moderate it like however you want to um but like the true float experience means like you know sensory deprivation and yeah man it's, it's powerful yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience for me and something that I want to do again. It's just it's kind of expensive. Like, so that's kind of what's been the thing stopping me from consistently going. And I'd rather spend that money on like a massage. For me, I personally, I really like massages. And I find that to be like the most 
best bang for your buck in terms of relaxation and just because it really gives you because it's like when you go to the massage it's like you have no choice but to relax another person is touching you but it's not in an appropriate way so there's no guilt you know there's no like negative feelings there's no sexual feelings there's no anything but just like getting you know pulled around and like you know whatever so i just personally i really like massages and it's definitely you know one one big reason why i want to move to thailand is the regular, you know, access to cheap massages and stuff like that. Yeah, so, man, thing down here, there's like the pretty, pretty much you get like a, I don't know how much it costs in Thailand, but like, you know, you can get an hour massage like all over the place for like 35 bucks, which is pretty great. Um, but yeah, man, like that's like a, it, it's really great as well. You know, I have um, an acupuncturist at home also. And like, I don't know really anything about like acupuncture therapy. Like I know like a little bit about like the Chinese medicine, like, um, meridians of energy and like all that kind of stuff but um, not enough to be like oh yeah like that's why I'm going to acupuncture I go to acupuncture for the physical experience so like it's um, before I get the needles put in right like I get she's just like gives the most incredible massage like it's so so good so like have that body work done and just like have someone who really like knows what they're doing. I mean, like I've also had some shit massages too. You know what I mean? Like, and I paid a lot of money for them also. Like I remember one time, like I, I got like a, uh, like a gift, like a, a couple's massage thing for like, you know, I paid like a uh, hundred bucks per person or something like that. And, uh, and, and it was like, what was that? you know like you just like rubbed me you like touched me and caressed me for an hour and then, <laughs> yeah you know? yeah yeah no those are the worst you want them to really like get in there and really like hurt you a little bit you know what i mean that's kind of where some of the the release comes from you know what i mean like that's why i really like the thai massage because they freaking they dig their knees into you they pull you around they you know they really and then they give you a little bit of rub rubbing and making you feel nice but like it needs to have a little bit of that pain also in order to you know bring the whole experience full circle if it's just like you know rubbing your arm like this like all right you know what i mean like that doesn't take any skill really um yeah dude you know i've never done the time massage but i, I now i'm remembering like what it what it looks like i think i've seen like pictures like uh like i think when i was in college i was looking at doing like a time massage course or something like that and i'm remembering like the pictures of the what a time massage looks like and it's pretty intense like very very physical but uh you know what we're talking about right now and thinking about like the float tank versus massage just like calling me back to um like the importance of the physical body and like you know satisfying the physical body before you try to satisfy the mind right so like in pretty much like every discipline from like you know maslow's hierarchy of needs like traditional psychology to like uh, to like yogic philosophy, like the, the koshas, like the five energetic bodies, like, you know, everyone says like, you have to deal with your physical needs before you move on, like to the needs of the mind, right? So the thing about massage that can actually allow for like a spiritual breakthrough or like mental awakening or whatever um, is like, yeah, like the tension, your body is taken care of. You don't have to worry about your fucking body anymore because like, they got you, you know? So like now you can just like let your mind relax and, you know, take that tension away from the mind as well. So super powerful tools for like, you know, personal growth as well, you know, like always make sure you take care of your body. So one of the last things I wanna ask you about is social media. 
you know, obviously we work on social media, everyone's on social media, no matter where they work. Um, you know, there's a, been a lot of documentaries like this new documentary, I think the social dilemma or whatever about like how social media affects people and stuff like that. What do you think about social media and like mental health and like FOMO and stuff like that? Like, how do you see social media impacting the way that people feel about themselves and their personal growth? And what kind of parameters would you recommend for people to take when it comes to their social media use? Yeah, dude. Um, it's definitely like the bane of our generation. You know, it's really hard to like not be involved for a long time. Actually, like I took a break. I took a long social media break. Uh, and in many ways, uh, I had like a dumb phone. Like I literally like ditched the iPhone and got like a dumb phone. And in many ways, that was like the most productive year of my life. Um, I got a lot of work done and it was very fulfilling. I was very present. I was very happy. Um, and I wasn't worried about what was going on somewhere else constantly. You know what I mean? And then I tuned back in and this fucking phone, it always lets you know that something cooler is happening somewhere <laughs> else where you are right now. You know what I mean? And like, I'm in Tulum. I'm in like one of like the coolest places in the world. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, I still get that. You know what I mean? Like people, I follow all of these, you know, par partially for my work and like, you know, I, I want to stay up on this stuff and whatever, but it's like, it's people just like, yeah. And accounts posting shit of just like these really novel experiences that listen, like, here's the thing. It, it always looks better on social media. Like it's like th these things are being built now, like in Tulum, there was a music festival here, like, you know, back when I first got down here and you could tell going through the experience, like that the structures and even like the shows, like the way that they had designed the stages and um, like where they're holding them, how many people they let in, it was all designed for the social media capture, for content capture. And they didn't give a shit about like the live experience. They wanted everyone else to feel like they missed out. You know what I mean? And when I would watch, I was there. I was there for all five days of the festival. But you're and I jealous watched, of other people that were there. No, no. My point is I watched the recap video. At the end, I would watch their social media stories. I was like, this is not what's going on. You know what I mean? Like I'm here, like this is not what's happening, you know? Um, so there's this like seduction, there's this constant seduction going on, like that, like is, is happening on social media that they're like telling you like, oh yeah, like I'm, we're going to make you come five times. Like we're going to, like, it's going to be like the best sex of your entire life. And then you get there and like, it's just like, oh yeah, it was, this was great. I came, but like, it wasn't, you know, <laughs> like it, it was not, not what I was promised on social media. You know what I mean? Like, so there's this social media creates this this uh it's constant like chasing the dragon thing where like you always want that better experience that larger than life more than reality where you start to prize like these uh these fabricated experiences like more than what happens in real life so you know it's it's definitely like harmful in that way uh as far as you know, personal like identity and, you know, what we're expecting out of ourselves. 
yeah, man, like, you know, there's, you, you can't judge yourself against once you see it, what you see on the phone, because it's just like, you know, 90% of the time it's not, not true. Um, and even when it is true, it's just like, like, whatever, like, it's all good. That's their life. This is my life. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta learn to love your life. You know what I mean? Like you gotta drop in and like to have as many like, um, uh, experiences as you can have that will like command your attention in the present, you know? And that's like what I'm always trying to help my clients cultivate is presence, right? It's like show up in your life fully there and you will enjoy yourself. I don't care if you live in Iowa and like never leave the farm or like whatever it is. It's like, you can find the universe in a grain of sand. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to literally go do everything. Like this whole FOMO thing. It's like, it's like, you can run around trying to do all of these things. And most people that I know that do them, like I've met a lot of like mega influencers or like, and like really like, you know, just like these, these people who just spend their whole lives like traveling and I watch their Instagrams and like every day, like it's like they're in, you know, Dubai, they're in the Maldives, like they're in this place, they're in that place. And it's just, it's like, they're not fucking happy. You know what I mean? They're so jaded and disenchanted with life where it's like you, you go meet like a dude who's never left his little, town but he loves his work does what he does and he's satisfied you know so like whatever it's like <laughs> it's a fucking lie is all i would really have to say about social media it's a great tool if you know how to use it you know you just got to put boundaries on it um and you have to understand that like it's not the same thing as as real-time human experience and like last night at my uh, men's group some somebody said something they were like you know what would you like be willing to give your life for? Like, what are you willing to die for, right? And to me, like human to human connection, real-time experience is like something that's so valuable uh, to me. And like, we see like this constant trend away from that um, where it's only gonna get more and more commodified. You know what I mean? Like to have these experiences in real life, to be the person who's at the show rather than like in like the VR version of the concert or whatever. It's like, you know, human to human connection where you can touch each other, smell each other, like feel each other. Like, oh man, like that's what makes me go. That's why I'm here because I can do that with people. I was so sick of living on my phone in the pandemic up in New York and like having all of my experiences through a screen. It was just like empty and I was depressed and I was like, I need to go like touch some people, you know? So I've been touching people. It's great. <laughs> I hate, I hate looking like the phone is, you know, it's always like, you know, pick me up, like, you know, scroll through the explore page, like, you know, to check out what's going on. And like, I started to notice that it was really impeding on my like cardio. Cause I, you know, I do my cardio now I'm on a diet and stuff like that. And like, I try to be like really present and focused during my cardio, because I find that when I do that, I push myself way harder and I lose weight, uh, and I drop way more fat when I really push myself on the bike and like make it an, a workout, not just like, you know, I'm on the bike on my phone, scrolling through Instagram, as opposed to like, I'm on the bike, like breathing in through my nose and out through my nose and like just focusing on my breath so I can go like, not as fast as I can, but like at a solid good pace that I wouldn't be able to do if I'm like, like this, you know what I mean? Like I need to hold on to the handlebars and really go. And like, when you can lock into, you know, doing cardio like that, it just, it brings you to another level, like the endorphin release. And, and then when I look at the phone, I don't get the endorphin release from the cardio. I get the endorphin release from the phone, my cardio slacks. And then every time I like slow down 
on the cardio machine, I start to, my mind starts to be like, oh, you're slowing down. Like you're losing momentum. Pick up the phone. It'll make the next 10 minutes like way more easy. We can just like breeze through it. You know what I mean? And I have to stop myself and like put the phone away. So I can't, I'd have to physically get off the bike and go to the phone in order to pick it up or else I'm going to do that. And also I've ruined so many workouts by like being on the phone, you know, in the middle between sets and then losing focus and you just lose that, like everything. And, you know, when I, when I, when we used to work out together and I used to work out in college and stuff, I never even considered looking at my phone, like phone goes in the locker, it's beast mode time. You know what I mean? And that's how I got into training and that's how I like love to train. But you know, as time goes on and you become more jaded and training becomes less exciting and the phone becomes more exciting and it just sucks the life out of anything that you're doing in that moment. And um, I've been really trying to put it away, put it on airplane mode and just leave it away from me. It's like, it's worse than freaking, like I'd, I'd ra- I would be more present being fucking high as hell as opposed right. to like having my phone in my hand. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like a man. drug. It takes away from everything. You know, sometimes my girlfriend and I, I, she actually started this little practice that we do, but we'll just, when we go out on the weekends, we'll leave our, both leave our phones at home. And, uh, you know, we always have so a way better time. Like, just like the best nights that we've ever had down here are when we leave our phones at home, like indisputably, like the nights that we will never forget for the rest of our lives. We left our phones at home because we were present. You know what I mean? We were actually there we weren't looking for something else to do and like the amount of times throughout the night that i go to my pocket to go like be like oh let me see if this place is open like oh like and i always like need like oh like let me get directions let me do this let me do that it's like nah like you don't actually like, the phone is a convenience you don't actually need it for that stuff you can figure it out it's all good and you know you're going to connect with people it's the same thing it's like rather than either of us if there's a silence between my girlfriend and i at the bar it's like rather than getting on our phones like we start talking to the other person next to us. You know what I mean? And then like, now we have new friends for our entire lives because we decided to leave our phones at home. And yeah, man, it's like, you do all this like social media networking, like the social networks and whatever, but it's like, you know, do your social networking in person. You know what I mean? Like there's people like, and I understand that a lot of people are like locked down right now, but whatever, a lot of people aren't either. A lot of people are going out, doing their thing and sitting on their fucking phones while they're out. So, you know, if, if you guys, feel like it you know the next time that you go out leave your phone at home give it a shot and see what happens see how many more people you meet whether you're single or in a relationship or whatever like you are going to bring a different energy to every conversation because you are totally present and then everyone you meet has to follow you on instagram <laughs> you know <laughs> they have to take out their phone and follow you rather than be like oh can i have your instagram like nah, so then you got a guaranteed follower also <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We're going on two hours. I really appreciate your time. And um, do you have any closing statements? You know, what, if you had to say one thing to somebody listening right now that, you know, relates to your core competency, like they're fear, feeling lost in life, they need more direction. What advice would you give to them? And then give us your plugs, you know, where we can find you and how people can get in touch with you to hire you. Yeah. Um, Guys, listen, just as far as something you can implement immediately, right? Because that's what I'm all about. I'm about actionable tools, things that you can do. Um, right now, make a, make a, take, take that inventory of, of your daily practices. What do you do from the moment that you wake up in the morning until the moment you go to sleep? How much of that is dead time? And how can you convert it to a live time to, to be in support of like your mission? Where are you wasting your energy 
leaking energy, right? Um, so do that and then just be completely honest with yourself. Okay, now how, how would it look if it, if it was optimized, right? And you just have to be comfortable like saying, like, I'm, I'm doing something wrong right now that I want to change. Like you have to be ready to say that. You have to be ready to be wrong. You have to be ready to change what you're doing. Um, and you guys can do that yourself. You don't need me. Like, you know, uh, I would encourage you all to take that initiative alone. If you need help, I got you. And you can find me at Brendan underscore underscore Morgan on Instagram. And my website is www.brendanmorgan.org. All right, Brendan. Thank you so much. This is episode 22 of the Bodybuilding Lifestyle Podcast. Peace.